Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. We're not in this in, in an actual church building, but we're still ha- here to have church. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for, for being here. If you can stand to your feet, we're going to start off just like a church service. Amen. We're still going to give the Lord some praise and worship. Amen. Amen. Worship and praise the Lord with us. darkness falls, it won't prevail. For the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. Oh, my God will never fail. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a
your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's all right. We bless your name, Jesus. We exalt your name, Jesus.
everyone. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everyone. I will remain confident. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is God. I greet each and every one of you this afternoon in the name of Jesus Christ. And thank you for being here. Thank you for coming out and celebrating with us because this is a momentous occasion. Amen. Psalm 127, verse 1, it says, Unless the Lord build a house, they labor in vain that build it. We are confident that the Lord built this house. Amen? Let us pray this afternoon and welcome the presence once more, the presence of God inside this house. Amen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are wonderful. You are the counselor. You are the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Lord, we welcome your presence inside this place this afternoon, Lord. Lord Jesus, this occasion, Lord, is all about you, Lord Jesus. We desire to have a building. We desire to have something bigger so we can reach more people, so we can... Give more people the word of God to be stronger in the Lord. So tonight, oh God, this afternoon, we call upon your name and we say thanks, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your continued blessing upon us. Thank you, oh God, for keeping us, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for putting your spirit and your word and your direction in the man of God who directed this, oh God. Continue to strengthen him, Lord Jesus. As he follows you, we will continue to follow him, O oh God. O oh Lord Jesus, thank you for blessing all the laborers who labored, Lord Jesus, labored for this to happen, Lord Jesus. I thank each and every one of you for coming out, O oh God, and listening and hearing the word of God this evening. Lord Jesus. I pray, O oh God, that you would continue to be in the midst of us. Continue, O oh God, to keep us, Lord Jesus, as we desire to do your will, Lord. Father, put it on our minds, O oh God, to be evangelists. That's the reason, O oh God, to go out and do your work, O oh God, into the highways and byways, reaching those that are lost. Father, let us get it in our mindset that people, they are souls to be saved, O oh God. Strengthen us, O oh God. Give us that direction, O oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we say thank you, Lord. Bless this congregation. Bless each and every one of us and touch the hearts of those people, O oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, you're worthy. You're worthy, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, oh God. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. First, I want to thank everyone uh, for coming. Uh, it's a Saturday. You guys can be anywhere, but you decided to be with us today as we kick off this journey. And I, I want to, you don't have to go to your Bibles, but I just want to 
throw this, this, this text out. So in Luke, the 14th chapter, Jesus asked the disciples a rhetorical question. He says, will you not, in deciding to build a tower, measure the cost, right? Now, there was a spiritual connection to that, but there was also a natural connection that the disciples understood right away because they lived during the time of Herod's great building projects. And so they actually see towers, great buildings. And Jesus is basically saying, do you think those buildings were created by just sheer will? Do you think that there was no labor, that there was no manpower, that there was no calculation? And as we kick off today our building project, the question is, well, how is CCC measuring the cost to get our tower? Amen. Two ways. One, we are people of prayer, so we're praying and we're fasting. The second way is we have actually partnered with an organization that uh, goes by the name of Enjoy. Enjoy is a special organization because they specifically focus on this kind of work. Every day, 24-7, partnering with churches to raise capital for their actual building. They've helped us by providing the infrastructure from the, the technology. They helped us in terms of um, forecasting uh, costs. They've helped us from small to big. And this is how Christ in a church is doing. If Jesus was to ask us that question today, right? Oh, how are you measuring the cost? We would say, well, Lord, we're coming to you. We're praying. But we've also done the work. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Appreciate it. Praise the Lord. Man, can we, can we invite you guys to stand to your feet one more time? Amen. One more time. Let's continue to praise and worship Jesus. Hallelujah.
praise in this place. We bless your name. Our world and the times that we're living in is, to say the least, challenging. We know who the hope of this world is. It's Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm Wayne Wyatt, pastor of Christ in the Church, Hamilton, New Jersey. Our world is in dire need of their Savior. My heart goes out to our world. I believe the very first thing that the church can answer is helping the family that is fractured. The suicide rate uh, for um, uh, 25 to 35-year-olds is the second leading cause of death in New Jersey. The highest incidence of medical concern in um, uh, Mercer County is addiction for ages um, 20, 15 to 24. 56% of the births in Mercer County are unwed mothers. We want to make a difference there. We're the most populated area or region in our nation, which means more people need the gospel in this area than any other region in our nation. We have had a burden for people, but we reach every kind of individual. And I think that Christ in the church can be that vehicle that um, can help individuals find Christ. Our church began in a firehouse. You can clearly see that it's a firehouse. You see the fire trucks. You can see the the, the, the um, garage doors, right? I was not expecting the firehouse, right? It was, it, was, it was different. I didn't even know that you could have service at a firehouse, um, so. <laughs> Sounds strange. I thought it was strange myself. But we followed the leading of the Spirit of God and we started in a conference room in the firehouse. We started as a Bible study, just my family, uh, a couple people, and we just started on Thursdays teaching a Bible study. We, we, we started having church services a few months after that, and we just continued to experience the power of God. We've seen growth uh, in our church, and that's been interesting. We've grown significantly. At this point, we have outgrown our, our space in both services. We've accomplished a lot inside of um, a, a very small space. Our um, Celebrate Recovery program, um, instead of being able to meet for two hours, meets for one hour a week. Instead of meeting on the day that we would prefer, we meet on a Friday. Um, not that there's an ideal day, it's just that we have to choose a day when we're not going to bump up against another one of the ministries that needs to use the space. If we are going to reach the lost, we're going to need a bigger facility. When services start packing out, there can be a little discouragement from people that may not have been there that long um, to say, maybe there's not room for me. Some people have chosen not to come because the space is so small. Facility facilitate growth. You know, we serve such an awesome God, a big God. We need a bigger church so that we can have space to worship. When you are at 70% capacity in any church building, you, you kind of stop growing because 
folks begin to navigate when they will come or not come because now they're concerned about will they have a seat when they arrive. Both services are packed. Because it is in a firehouse and we don't own the building and the firefighters use the building. So it really limits the things that we actually can do at the, at the firehouse. Like we can only be there for certain days for a certain amount of hours. We can't have a Sunday service at the same time have a youth service at the same time have maybe an adult Sunday school um, class. They're like, we want to meet with the pastor. Sometimes it's a family. And as of right now, I, I meet with folks in a small kitchen inside of the small room that we are doing church services in. The, the room that we've been in is 1,000 square feet. The, the building that we're looking to call a permanent address is 17,000 square feet. 17 times what we currently have. I'm here at what we hope to one day be our new home. The new home for Christ Center Church. This is where your children, my children, the community's children can come and get to experience Jesus. We um, will have classrooms, proper classrooms. They could meet simultaneously. A youth center would be huge for us. The youth can gather when they want to gather, have their programs, have their events. Where individuals can just come and just pray, maybe on their stop at the church, on their way to work, um, to pray. We have prayer on Zoom uh, right now at, at five o'clock in the morning. I, I want to be able to go in, go in and pray at any time in, in the building. It's going to take you, and so we hope you join us and be with us on this journey to be in this facility as we facilitate growth for Christ Center Church. We've been operating in, in a single building for, for almost seven years, and we've outgrown that space, but we need your help. You want to be a part of what God's doing in this time. A stewardship campaign is about having that direct conversation with the Lord about how you'll take part in this. Will you partner with us? Will you join us? It will really mean a lot to our congregation in helping us obtain our new church building. That way we can be united with each other again. And all of us can be in one space as a family. When you invest in the church, the kingdom of God, that's an eternal investment. There is no other place in our world that we can say is an eternal investment. Lives are going to be changed. People will get to experience eternal life because you partnered with us. Thank you for investing in God's kingdom. To partner with us, go to myccc.faith. Thank you for becoming a partner with Christ Center Church. Thank you for being a blessing and helping young people like me. Thank you for giving. Thank you for blessing us. May God bless you and your family. Your contribution means so very much to us, and we can't tell you how much we appreciate you. Thank you. Praise the Lord, everybody. We're moving along. Somebody said we're moving along. God is helping us. 
IJ, you all right? It's sleepy. Amen. We thank God for all that he's doing, and we thank God for just bringing us together one more time. He's doing some great things. God is able. God is able. What we are endeavoring to do is not of our own will and of our own strength, but we're doing what Christ wants us to do. It will take some ability from us that God has given us, but also it will take the power of God working for us to be able to do what God wants us to do. You've heard me mention that facility facilitate growth. And when you are growing, you need facility to facilitate the growth that you're experiencing. We're going to grow and we're going to do God's will. We need a 21st century apostolic church in this area to do God's business. There's a lot of churches, but I always tell you, we want to be a church that can help people reach their potential in Christ and help people get to heaven. We just don't want to be a church in name only, but we want to be a church in deed, in power, in demonstration, and that's what the Lord has called us to do. Amen. I want to tell you this. Uh, what did you think of the video? Ryan did a good job. And, and all of you that has been a part of what God is doing, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. I can't tell you how much I, I see your sacrifice. And I want you to know I, I admire and I honor you for being a part of what God is doing. I do see your sacrifice. And I thank you because we're at this point because of all of you that are here and some of you that are not here. And I thank you for what you're doing. I want to make this announcement to you today that September 17th, probably about 3.30 in the afternoon, we got word that we have signed and engaged in a contract. <laughs> Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! I've been sitting on it for a little bit, trying to skirt some of you. Some of you have been asking me questions, and I've been just skirting you a little bit. <laughs> I wanted you to hear it today, and so I've been skirting you for a little bit. I've been trying to navigate without lying, you know. I don't want to lie, and so I've been skirting you a little bit. But on, uh, on the 17th of September, the sellers of the property at Ford Tennis Court signed the contract we had signed the contract together, so we have a signed contract for Ford Tennis Court. Listen, for those of you that don't understand, it's already a miracle. Here, here, is, here is the truth of the matter. We have approached multiple sellers over the years to try to purchase property and when we tell them our story 
they said, now nah, we're good. And what we normally have to say when we approach them is, listen, we want to purchase this property, but we have checked with the township and it's not zoned for a house of worship. So if you will allow us to approach the township to get a, 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 a zoning um, change so we can have it become a house of worship, then we will purchase. And everyone, since we have been asking for that, has said no to us. Nope, we're not doing that. We want to sell our property right away. And so this property, when we went to the seller, we went to the seller to say we want to lease and then purchase because my thought was while we're in the lease portion of it, we can apply for house of worship and then once we get the zoning we need, then we can purchase. Well, God is always doing better than us. And so that was my thinking. I thought that way, but then the owner turned around and said to our attorneys, why don't they just go straight into buying? I said, what do you mean by that? And so this, the seller of the property told our attorneys, just tell them to buy it and we will give them the allotted time to get what they need to make it a house of worship. They had, <laughs> Listen, they have given us 12 months, one year to go to the township for a use variance. Unheard of. Nobody waits 12 months to sell their property when they can sell their property probably in 30 days. So that's already a miracle. So if you're wondering, is this the will of God? You just got the explanation that this is the will of God. Nobody waits a year to sell their property. You wouldn't. Why would you want to wait one whole year to sell your property? But for whatever the reason, God moved on the heart of these sellers, and they are willing to wait one year for us to apply for use variance, and then we can make the actual transaction. The good news uh, is that we go into that property, and we don't have the capacity to fill it right now, which is great, because here's the other good news. Presently, there are tenants in that building that are paying rent to the owner. When we become owners, they're paying it to our church. So God has shown his hand in what he's doing for us. So continue to pray, continue to seek the Lord, continue to be involved and be a part of what God is doing because he is doing a great miracle and you want to be a part of what he's doing. You don't want to be on the sidelines looking on. You want to be in dead smack dab in the middle to say, man, God, this is exciting. Just going through the process. And here's the thing. God, here's the thing, Sister Kitty. And here's the thing. God never does anything in, in investing in us and not in turn looking for us to help someone else. So while we're doing what we're doing, we're also understanding that God is going to require us to extend ourselves to others to help them. So we're being trailblazers in leading something that I am sure we will help others to obtain as well. Because it's not easy in a lot of townships now to get a church building for a house of worship. Most of these townships 
what, whatever is already established there as church building, that's as far as they're going. They're not allowing any other property to become church building. That's why you don't see new church buildings being built. You ever notice that? You're not seeing new church building like a big building in our area. You don't see it because the, the communities have put stipulation to stop churches from being built. And so we thank God for this great opportunity. I want to share with you today the vision and the direction that God is giving us so we can move forward in fulfilling his purpose. Again, I welcome every one of you. We're thankful to God for bringing us together as a church family. Thank you for coming. We really, really do appreciate it. This is a defining moment in the life of our church as we pursue what God has chosen for our path as a church. I want to take my time and share with you today because I want you to hear everything that I have to say because I believe everything that I'm saying is very meaningful. I am grateful God has chosen us to serve him in this capacity. As I have said, I believe our purpose in Christ is tied to our salvation. Don't forget that. Remember, I try to make it as clear as this. I do not believe a selfish individual will be in heaven. You, yeah, you, we won't have selfish people in heaven. And so if that is the case, then your purpose will certainly be tied to your salvation because your purpose is something you're doing outside of yourself. And so your purpose is tied to your salvation. For months now, we have been discussing this stewardship campaign, and I am sure many of you have had questions. We have been doing much talking and planning in order to arrive at this moment, which is called our public launch, meaning everybody will be included and everybody will know exactly what we're doing to move forward in this vision. On a high level today, I want to review for you the questions, the questions of what, the questions of when, the questions of how, and the question of why. These are very important questions that we probably all have and we should have an answer and understanding of those questions. So let's start with what. What are we doing? In Matthew 6.33, the Bible tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God. What are we doing here at Christ Center Church with all of this thing that's going on, with all of this excitement? We're seeking the kingdom first. This is about seeking God's kingdom. On a physical level, we are being led by God to build a new multi-purpose facility without amassing any great debt. So, at, at, from a physical level, we are being led by God to build a new multi-purpose facility without amassing any great debt. So we might not be building from ground level zero up, but we have to outfit. We have to, uh, what we call, build out that building that you have seen on the video. And so as a physical portion of it, that's what we're doing, and we don't want to amass any debt. 
However, spiritually, we are endeavoring to help expand the kingdom of God through evangelism and discipleship. Somebody say amen. Amen. As we continue this journey together, not with a fundraising mentality. We're not raising funds. You got to get out of the fundraising mentality. Fundraising mentality is not what we're trying to get you to understand. So as we continue this journey together, not with a fundraiser mentality, but with a mindset of a spiritual journey that incorporates our DNA into the vision God has given us. What do you mean by that, preacher? You've heard me said, God could have done something to let us just have a building and just start having the space we need and having a place where we can worship and enjoy the presence of the Lord, run the aisle, and all that we need, our youth facilities and everything. God could have provided that without us doing any kind of legwork. But God didn't want to do it that way. What he wants to do is bind us together as a family. What he wants us to be is unified. What he wants us to be is to understand spiritually what he's doing. And so this is the route that he's taken us so we can understand spiritually what God is doing through our church. This is a spiritual journey, not a physical thing to say, oh, we got to raise money. No, in everything that we do, we want to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In everything that we do, we want people to know Christ. That's what we're doing. person we encounter, even if we begin to share with them what we're doing, for every person we encounter, they will hear something spiritual from us. They will hear something about what Jesus can do for them. So this is a spiritual journey. It's not a financial journey. It's a spiritual journey. On a spiritual level, we chose a campaign theme, Reach. Reach. R-E-A-C-H. Because this is the heart of what we believe that God is leading us to do, we have chosen reach. We have a God to serve. Somebody say amen. We are serving God in what we're doing. We also have communities to serve. As we serve God, we serve communities. Uh huh. In reality... Is, is what we're doing. We know a lot of times we like to say, I'm serving God. Well, well, God is not sitting here physically and you're walking to him and serving him. Guess what? God is sitting on his throne in heaven, but he's facilitating how we move together in serving him. And that, enti- that entails serving each other. And so we're serving communities. We're serving regions. Uh, we're serving our current congregation. We will serve new people that will come in. Get ready because God is going to send a great harvest to us that we need to take care of, that we need to minister to. Many times in churches, I'm I'm, I'm hoping that it's not the case in this church. Many times in churches, growth is difficult. Because those that have been around like their comfort. They like how things work for them. They like how their routine go in their church. And growth means there's some people that's going to come in that's not saved. Their kids are going to be kind of not like your kids. 
<laughs> your seat that you like to sit in, you're going to come in one day and somebody has your seat. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, some people won't talk like you because they're not all polished. Can you handle that? Because that's what God is going to do. God is going to send a great harvest to us, and we have to have a heart to say, God, we will do whatever you want us to do to love them, to minister to them, and to help them be everything God calls them to be. We will serve them best as we do with what God has given us. We will do everything God wants us to do as he sends his harvest to us. I'm excited because this is a God-sized vision. It is bigger than all of us, but is not too big for God. This vision God has given is bigger than all of us, but it's not too big for God. We are preparing for what God has already prepared for us. God has a plan and what we need to do is follow his leading and understand his purpose. Somebody say God has a plan. Uh-huh. So that's the what we're doing. That's the what we're doing. How are we going to do this? Before this initiative can begin, first must come commitment. And so far we've had a great group of individuals and a church that has demonstrated commitment. Somebody say commitment. So we are announcing today a project whose wheels have already began to roll because there have been some committed people in Christ Center Church. Significant work, diligence, and energy has been devoted already by truly committed individuals in this church. And some of you already know we have chosen to conduct a capital campaign to raise the funds needed for this project. A successful, listen to this carefully now, we're going to talk some, some, some dollars here. A successful campaign will help us to raise between 218000 to $320,000 over the next 12 to 24 months. That is what enjoy our, our, our partners that, that, that's helping us to move forward in the stewardship campaign. That's what they project we can raise as we follow the pattern, the blueprint that they give us. That's what they say we can raise within 12 to 24 months, 218000 to 330000 But listen to me today. We are trusting God for a miracle. We are trusting God for a miracle. We are trusting God for a miracle because we want to raise 1.7 million to 2.5 million within 8 to 12 months. We will raise 1.7 million dollars to 2.5 million dollars within 8 to 12 months. We will. We will. God will give us a miracle because he wants to see this move forward. I feel the Holy Ghost. 
The other day, God put into my spirit. I mean, he put it in there so strong that some of you in this church already know people that you can go to and talk to them and they can write a check for a million dollars. They can write a check for $500,000. They can write a check for $3 million. God put it in my spirit that some of you in here already know who is going to write a big check. Listen to me. Remember, I've been telling you, this is not to go in your pocket or to go in my pocket. So we don't have to fear anything. We don't have to be ashamed. We don't have to be all concerned. It's not going in our pocket. It's going toward the kingdom of God. It's to see people saved. It's to reach our community. We're not ashamed. We're not shy. We're moving forward and we're telling somebody, God wants to bless you. Give us a million dollars. Give us two million dollars. God God wants to bless you. I told somebody the other day that when you talk to somebody that's rich about investing in this endeavor, I want you to tell them you've been blessed and you, you are fortunate that you can do whatever you want to do. But God, I'm telling you, you need to tell somebody this. God wants to do something within your family that your money can't help you with. I feel it strongly. I feel it strongly that there's somebody that somebody in here is connected to that they have everything they need materially, but there are some things that's not right in their life. There are some things that's not working, and by them giving to support God's work, God is going to give them a supernatural miracle because they supported the work of God. So don't you be shy when you talk to anybody. You feel like, my goodness, how am I talking to this person? Just know God has opened the door. You might not understand why you're rubbing shoulders with some of the people you will rub shoulders with. Just know God opened the door for you to talk to them and to be able to share with them the vision that God has given this church and what we want to do in all the surrounding communities so we can help people know Christ. 1.7 to 2.5 million within 8 to 12 months is what we're looking to raise. We must be committed to sacrificing to see God's will be done. The effort should make us more serious in reaching our unsaved family members, our co-workers, our schoolmates, the sick and shut in, our neighbors, business owners, healthcare personnel, and political leaders. We need to look around us and realize that people need Jesus and God will help us to reach them. If we will just look around and see people need Jesus and I am a conduit. I am an instrument that God can work through so people can receive Jesus. Wherever you go, let your light shine. Wherever you go, be a witness. I can assure you As Brother Isaiah said so great this morning, wise decisions have brought us to this point and we are moving forward to bring this vision into reality. So God has given us wise decisions. He has directed us and so we're at this point because of wise decision. Our faith has been stretched as we have sought God for his direction. We cannot do this alone. We need God and we need you. Somebody say amen. So I answered the question for you, why? I'm sorry, I answered the question for you, what and when. 
how we're doing this. And now I'm going to talk to you about when are we doing this. And the when are we doing this is right now. Hey, we are in contract. We're in contract for a building that's a little tad bit under $1.7 million. We're in contract. So God has brought us to this point. And it's okay to feel nervous sometimes. It's okay to wonder, can this happen sometimes? But don't you lose your faith in God and, real, and, and not realize that God is doing this. It's really not us. We're just the vehicle that he's using, but it's really God. Listen, we have some events coming up that's important that you want to pay attention to. On October 4th, we will start our spiritual journey activities for this public launch. So October the 4th, we, when Brother Scarlett comes after I'm through here, he will share with you what our spiritual journey will entail as we continue. This is a spiritual thing. So as we go forward to secure this building so we can continue doing what God wants us to do, we have to move spiritually. This is why uh, for the past 30 days, some of you might not have known, but Brother D mentioned it on our video that our leadership have been waking up every morning early at 5 p.m. And we've been praying between 5, 5 a.m., 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. We've been waking up and praying together and just calling on the name of the Lord. And so we've been doing that. And so now in October, we will add to the spiritual journey. We will begin to do some other things to this, in the spiritual journey. So join with us that you will join in spiritually to move forward. God, whatever God is doing through you, you will be benefited from it as well. God will never ask you to do something that you can't reap and be benefited from it at all. If God is asking you to do something, he will allow you to benefit from it as well as the kingdom of God will benefit from what you're doing. That's the kind of God we serve. He is so good to us that whatever he's asking us to do, he's not asking you to do it as slave. He's not asking you to do it as servants. He's asking you to do it as a father to his children. And when, and when parents ask their children to do anything, they are asking it out of love and knowing that they're asking it. No, they will take care of their children. So God is asking us to do what he's asking us to do because he's our father. We are his children. We can't go wrong. So our leadership, our, I'm sorry, our spiritual journey will start 10-4. Uh, we will pass out to you the prayers that we will kind of focus on. Then we have our public commitment event that, that's included uh, our first fruit offering Sunday, October 24th, and also our reveal celebration weekend. We will keep you posted of those dates. But as of right now, our public launch is on its way for us to raise $1.7 to $2.5 million within 8 to 12 months. Why are we doing this? God didn't promise us our calling and ministry would be easy, but he said we can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth us. Mm -hmm. We are doing this now. We're going to do this 
for the kingdom's sake. It's not for man's sake. There are no better time than now to reach our lost world. Our world is in disarray and filled with uncertainty and people don't know who to talk to and who to trust. There is no hour like the present to be who God called us to be. We have a great opportunity before us to fulfill the mission of Jesus Christ. It's time to start praying and seeking God for what kind of financial commitment you can make, not what you can afford. This commitment that you will make on Commitment Sunday, this financial commitment you will make in what you can give, it's not about what you can afford. This is why it's a spiritual journey. Did you know giving has never been about your money? A lot of people get twisted about, hey, you know, I work hard and, you know, you know, it's never been about that. When God asks you to give, it's never been about God wanting your money. The Bible says he created everything. So the money system, he owns it. Everything that is valuable in this world, out of this world, he owns it. So why is he asking us to give? It's not because he needs it. Every time God asks you to give, it's so he can have a way to give back to you. Every time God asks you to give is so you can begin to trust him beyond what you have been trusting him for. So giving is all about trust and love and blessing you financially. That's all it is. So if you think about giving, it's really all about you. It's not about God. When you give, you're showing God, I trust you. When you give, God will allow you to benefit because you will reap what you sow. So giving is about you. It's not about God. And so many people, you know, walk away or feel some kind of way when we begin to say as a church that we should give to the kingdom of God. You don't know how hard I work. I heard a story today. I don't have the time to give you the whole story. But I don't know if you've ever heard about an accident that took place. A lot of accidents took place on um, twenty nine. Um, over the day, a lot of, lot of accidents. But I met a guy today. I should have known him, but just never ran into him. I met a guy this morning before I came here that had an accident on Route 29 in Trenton where him, his four children, his children's mother, uh, a van that he was driving, a car, two cars racing down 29, flipped over the median and ran, came off the ground and ran into his car. Four children. The children's mom and him got pummeled by the car. One of the child that was in the car was a one-year-old. The one-year-old started walking down the highway. Somebody pulled over, got the one-year-old. This guy that I was talking to this morning died three times, was pronounced dead three times. If he, if he was to tell you all of what happened to him, you'll be just like, this is not even possible. I'm talking to this guy, and I'm listening to everything that he's saying. I'm just like, this is crazy. But this guy is living today and able to testify of what God has done in his life. And I'm like, God, there is nothing too hard for him. And what God likes to do to let us know it's him that's in charge is he waits. And let things get to the worst of the worst where we can't do anything else about it. 
Because sometimes we like to take credit for what God does. And so unfortunately, God has to let it get to the worst of the worst where you can't take credit, I can't take credit, and then he does something so everybody can know it is God that did it. And so I'm telling you that this is about the kingdom of God and your giving, your commitment is not about you. It's not about, it's, 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 it's not about uh, you know, what God wants from you, I should say. God wants you to give because he wants to be a blessing to you. God wants you to give so somebody else can be reached with the gospel. That's why he wants you to give. So don't, don't worry yourself and, and get uncomfortable when we talk about giving. God wants to get, he wants a church out there that would just be over that. Just not be tight when we start talking. Just, just be free when we talk about this stuff because we realize it's about him. Giving toward the work that he's doing and not about us. What do we need from all of you here today? Hmm. We are limited only by our vision and our commitments. That's it. We're just limited by that. It has been said that there are four levels of vision. Four levels of vision. First, some people simply never see a vision. They are wondrous. Is that you? Second, some people see the vision but never catch it. They are followers. Third, some people see the vision and personally own the vision. They are achievers. Fourth, there are people who see own and help others to catch the vision. They are leaders. Now, if you are a leader, you will help others to catch the vision. You will help others to understand the vision. So the vision is not just for you, but the vision is for you to take it and help others to see the vision as well. As of today, I need you to serve this vision or serve as a vision carrier. What I'm asking for, for, from you is your commitment to be a part of what God is doing. This is not a time to be on the sidelines. This is not a time to be in the grandstands cheering for the team. You are the team. You're not in the grandstands. You're on the field. You are the team. Every one of us here today, we are the team. I'm asking you for your commitment to be a part of what God wants to do through our church over the next few weeks, months, and year to come. Every player is critical. I need you to be active on the playing field. I'm asking you to join with me in three ways. To catch the vision of what God is calling us to do. To catch the sense of destiny that we are privileged to be a part of. Catch the deep sense of responsibility that we individually and corporately as a church are challenged with. Many hands make light work. Many hands make light work. I said it Thursday night, and you'll continue to hear me say it. I'm almost finished here. All of us want to be associated with something successful. All of us want to be associated with something successful. Let me tell you this. Whenever I dedicate children, one of the things that I tell the parents that 
True success is fulfilling your purpose for what Christ created you to be. True success. Everything else we consider success, not true success. Because you don't know if that was your purpose in this life. You can do whatever you want to do, but the question is, is that your purpose in this life? Because the one who called you into existence had a purpose for you before he called you into existence. And so the question to all of us is, are you fulfilling your purpose in Christ or you're just doing what you would like to do? True success is fulfilling your purpose in Christ. Now, God is always so good that if you want to be a doctor, guess what? You can still fulfill your purpose in him if you are faithful and committed to him. So fulfilling your purpose in Christ don't mean you can't be a doctor. Don't mean you can't be a lawyer. Don't mean you can't be whatever it is that you feel is in your heart because it might be God who put it in your heart. But you first have to seek him to say, God, what is your purpose for my life? So true success is to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And so here we are. Your financial participation is absolutely necessary as we move forward. This model or this models the biblical blueprint in 1 Chronicles 28 and 10. In 1 Chronicles 28 and 10, the word of God says, Take heed now, for the Lord had chosen thee to build an house for the sanctuary to be strong and to do it. God has called us to build a sanctuary for him to bring all the people that he will reach in our area. He has chosen us to establish a sanctuary where he can reach the world around us and bring them in. That's an awesome, awesome privilege to be a part of that God has chosen you to be a part of what he's doing. In, in 1 Chronicles 29 verse 9, the scripture says, then the people rejoice for that they offered willingly because with perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord. And David the king also rejoiced with great joy. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. And David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our father, forever and ever. Verse 11, Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Everything belongs to God. Everything that's in heaven, everything that's in earth, it belongs to God. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head over everything. Both riches and honor come of thee and reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might. And in thine hand is to make great and to give strength unto all. Now therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thee, thy glorious name. God owns everything. So he's not begging you for anything. He is telling us, be obedient to my purpose for your life. That's all this is. In. This is, is God's purpose for your life. And so our little bit of change that we have, God is not worried about it. And so God is not asking you to give what you can afford. Go back to that. He's asking you to pray and ask him what you should give. 
God wants to do a miracle in your life. Ooh. When you go back and think about the, 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 the woman that, 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 that um, with the cruise of oil, God wants to do a miracle in your life. It's not, it, it's, it's not what you have, but it's, it's, it's how you submit your life to God that will, that will show what you will have. And so what you have now, is, it might not be what God wants you to have, but if you will be submitted and obedient to God, guess what? God will take you beyond what you can even imagine. Also, I'll say this one last thing as I close here. When you submit your life to God and God blesses you, all you really want to do is bless somebody else. If you really and truly submit your life to God and God start blessing you, all you want to do is bless somebody else. Because all the other stuff that we do with what God gives us, it makes us busy. The same guy, the same guy that I was telling you about this morning, that they pronounced dead three times and God brought him back alive. I would love for him to come and tell his story. And maybe I'll let him come and tell his story. It's it's, uh, my friend Kevin's brother. And so the same guy that I was telling you about this morning, his brother Kevin is a Christian. And so, when he got into the accident, he weighed 220 pounds, solid muscle, because all he did was go to the gym. And his brother used to tell him, man, why don't you come to church? His brother said to him one time, if you had a choice between coming to church and going to the gym, what you want to do? I'm going to the gym. 220 pounds, diesel. I'm going to the gym. And God took him through all of that. God told him, you got to hear this guy talk. He's not in church like he's supposed to. But boy, you're talking about um, someone that hurt. He reminded me of my oldest son. I said, man, you hear from God more than the preachers. But he said, when all of that happened, God said to him, I did not send that car to fly over the median to crash into you. I didn't send it there. But guess what? I allowed it, and I'm going to bring you through it. Because really and truly, what we got to, sometimes you got to simplify things. This is, this is what um, the, the, the man that came to Jesus says, what is the great commandment? Simplification. And sometimes you got to simplify things. And so let me give you a simplification of what this is all about. God wants us to know him in every way possible. So we can follow him and live the life he wants us to live. That's all this is about. Everything that God does is so he can reveal himself to us. And that guy was so into his body. He so was just all about him going to the gym that the bottom line was he just couldn't see anything that God wanted to do. He only cared about going to the gym, working out. And if he continued that way, he would have never come to know who Jesus is and the power that Jesus has. He would never come to know if he would just still go to the gym. So when that car was jumping the median, instead of God moved it out the way, he just allowed it. And that guy lost, I think he said, he was losing 16 pounds of muscle every day he was in a coma. He was in a coma for three weeks. God allowed all of that. So God can reveal himself to him and say, see, Jody, I'm real. See, Jody, I love you. See, Jody, I didn't let that take you out because I've been calling you to the kingdom of God since you were out of your mother's womb. That's for every one of us.
And so now we need to partner and get with the vision that God has given us. We need to thank God for just this privilege, for what he's doing. I'm challenging all of you here today to use your influence inside the church, outside the church, to get somebody to get involved with this vision. All of this we're doing because we want to bring attention to Jesus, not about money. We need the money to purchase the building, but what's going to transpire within what we're doing is so much more significant than money that I am so grateful that God has allowed us to be a part of this and to allow us to come to this point and we're going to just continue to thank him and praise him. And I want you to continue to thank him and praise him because God has been good to us. Brother Scarlett is going to come and share our uh, spiritual journey. And then I'm going to let us stand together. And I'm going to pray with all of us so we can just begin to take what we have here today and take them outside these walls for God to do his thing. Come, Brother Scarlett. Come on. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on. Give the Lord a round of applause today. Hallelujah, he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Praise God. Well, Pastor, thank you. And everyone, give yourself a round of applause, everybody. Amen. I just want to greet everyone this afternoon. I know um, we're standing, I'm standing right in the midst of lunch. The waiters are already waiting to share a little finger food. So before we get to our finger food, I want to, you know, thank, you know, of course, our visionary, our pastor. Amen. 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 I want to also thank our, our enjoyed leaders, Brother Daryl, Brother Asker, Brother Tom. Amen. Brother Ethan, Sister Asker. All the playmakers, those that I forget, forgive me, but I know y'all play a, you know, a gigantic role for pulling off what we had pulled off today. And I must commend everyone for your hard work and for your time for making it what it is today. So I'm going to try to get into um, everyone that have an email access or have email. Can you just raise your hand, everyone that have email? At least 90% of the congregation, thank God. Amen. Because I only have... <laughs> I only have 20 copies of uh, handout. I don't have enough. So I'm glad that everyone. So what we're going to do is for our October schedule, um, we're going to email you. So I would like if someone to just get a pen and pencil. For those of you that we don't have your email address, if you could just jot down your email address so that we can have your email address so we can forward over to you an uh, electronic copy of our schedule as we move forward in our spiritual journey. Amen. Amen. So I just have a limited amount, so I'll try not to go. But the Bible let us to know in 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, and it said, This is the confidence in which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hear us. And if we know that he hear us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked of him. I came up here this afternoon 
And when I, when, I, when I stood back there and heard Pastor make the, uh, the announcement as far as the contract was signed, my, my heart was just overwhelmed. There were, there, there, there were tears in my eyes back there. I, I'm not trying not to make it be so personable, but I have to make it personal. Because the Bible said, to whom much is given, much is required. We're in this thing together, church. We're in the people's business. You may not believe it. I'm in the service business. You are in the service business. We need each other. You are my brother. You are my sister. Together we're going to work until he come. We're on a spiritual journey, my friend. What, what we have in front of us are before us. And if you ask the question, you know, what is the spiritual journey? And I'm glad you asked the question because it's a spiritual journey. It involves all of us. And we want this to be everyone to take the time to make a special sacrifice for what we will be doing and what we are trying to accomplish here. Amen? The activities and everything that's going to be involved as far as the spiritual journey um, for, for the month of October, we, we're going to have one day of fasting each day, which is every Thursday. In fact, my, my, my schedule do start on the 1st of October, but that's fine. For those of you that want to start on the 1st of October, that's fine. But Pastor said it's going to begin the, first, the 4th of October. So the schedule go is going to be a 21-day journey, which is um, uh, according to Enjoy. We, we, it's going to be, we're only having our prayer and fasting for, um, for one month. And this is going to be from Monday to Friday. And we, you know, again, I want to commend the leaders for taking the time out for, you know, joining us in, in, in praying every, we, in fact, last month we have our uh, leaders launch. And all our leaders that were a part of that, you know, as Brother Darrell mentioned in the video, and as most of us know, we get up at 5 a.m. in the morning. We request that, you know, you get up at 5.15 or whatever, but most of us get up at 5 a.m. in the morning. And we try to pray until 6 a.m. in the morning. Or if you want to, or some of us cut off before then. But, you know, so we're, we're involving everyone. We're encouraging everyone, you know, if we can sacrifice you know, uh, from 5.15, um, starting October 4th until whenever you're ready to get ready for work or whatever it is, um, we would like you to be a part of our journey. Amen? Because the only way we can accomplish what we're trying to accomplish is by prayerfully go to God and ask Him for direction. We, we can't accomplish what we're trying to accomplish by us just going through the motion. Pastor mentioned that we, uh, we're trying to raise 1.5, 1.7 million, and yes, to 2.5 million, and yes. If we have a thousand people give a thousand dollars, that's one million dollars. So easy. Put the math together. And that's just a thousand people. And I'm sure there are going to be others that are going to make a special sacrifice to give ten thousand dollars, fifteen thousand dollars. At whatever small you have. It's a spiritual journey. Pastor made mention of it. Pray to God and action. Lay it on my heart. What should I sacrifice to give? 
You know your, your, your budget. You know that He's the one that provides for us. Because without our help, we have no wealth. And in order for us to accomplish, we have to make sure we trust the God that we serve. Because He is our provider. Amen. And He will supply all our needs according to His riches in glory. Amen. Rich is our theme for our campaign. This is what I jot down while Pastor was talking. Read the Word of God. Or... Remember, Paul said we should study to show ourselves approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Eat ye the word of God. Remember when Jesus was upon the mountain, the devil came to him and said, If thou be the Son of God, turn the stones into, uh, into bread. What Jesus turned to him and said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Hey, ask, and it shall be given. To everyone that asks it, receive it. And to him that knocketh, the doors will open unto us. The doors are opening unto us, church. This is for all of us. See, Call on the name of Jesus in everything that you do. Seek ye first. Jesus, you know what we need. And H, hear his voice. We have to hear his voice. If God laid on your heart to put whatever you want to, to, to put down as far as our campaign is concerned, listen to the voice of God. We're in a spiritual journey. So we're encouraging all of us that are here this afternoon, you know, to partner with us in our prayer for the month of October. For the month of November, what we'd like to do once uh, a month, we'd like to have a 24, once, in fact, once a week, we'd like to have a 24-hour um, uh, prayer. So we're going to have a 24 hours, which is going to be a 30 minutes increment. So we want to have a schedule to everyone that you sign up for whatever slot that you're going to be available. So that's going to be for the month of uh, November. So, But for the month of October, we're going to pray once a week, which is, uh, we're going to fast once a week, which is going to be Thursday. And then, you know, we get up 5 a.m., 5.15 a.m., we're going to pray, we're going to seek God's face. And the information will be emailed out to you, and we want you to just worship and praise God with excitement. Amen. Thank God. All right, we're getting ready to eat now, so just give me one second, let me, uh, we're going to pray and then we, we can eat, so stand with me. Here is, um, we're going to send you out a link for the Zoom prayer meetings. So there will be a link sent out to you um, as we draw closer to October 4th, and you will get a link where you will be able to join in. So what will happen is, for just like how we are gathered here and we pray together, we hear each other's voice. Well, the Zoom, when you get on, you can hide your face because it's early morning. You know, the leaders are experts now, so we know hide your face. But leave your mic open because we want to hear the voices. As you know that when we're praying, um, we missed you the other day too, Brother Kellerman. You, 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 hey, when, when certain voices, when certain voices become voices and you don't hear it, you say, oh, where's that voice? 
you get to understand how we need each other. And so Brother Kellerman usually take us to the end. Did you, did you notice that? So the other morning I'm praying. I'm like, where's the ending? Where's the ending? No, Brother Kellerman. <laughs> but trust me, you know, I understand. It's tough to wake up early in the morning. But the bottom line is what I'm trying to communicate to you is leave your mics open. Put your, um, take your video off and just pray in the morning. We start praying at 5 a.m., and we usually stop at 6 a.m., but we're praying together. And what's going to happen is when you log into the Zoom, we will have the prayer um, topic focus for you to look at. So for those of you who will receive a handout, great, um, get your handout. But for those of you who are, you know, technologically savvy, you can just Zoom in. And then when you Zoom in, you will see the, um, the prayer topic for that day to focus on and you will pray and you'll pray other things that you know God put on your heart so we're going to start that October the 4th you will get the, the zoom link make sure you get it if you don't get it before then you know give us a hard time it says I didn't get the link and we'll get it to you and we'll join in so from October 4th um, throughout the month of October we'll be praying via zoom and as brother Scarlett said then we'll do something different in November we'll tell you about that in detail a little later However, here's, here's something that I need for you to, um, to, to, to keep in, in prayer as you're praying in October. October, Sunday, October the 24th is what we call Commitment Sunday. That's the Sunday that you will get your commitment cards and you will decide what you will contribute. So while you're praying, let the Spirit of God speak to you what you want to give. Because, again, you're, you want to give what God say give and not what you think you can give. Uh, there, there are people that have made pledges to give what they don't even have in their bank account, but they felt like that's what God had put on their heart. So the bottom line is make God put something on your heart so you can receive the blessing that God has for you. So I'm going to pray at this time for all of us that we will join in. Yes. Say again. Prayers from Monday to Friday. Fasting day is Thursday. So we'll pray Monday through Friday. Again, you can pray the whole hour from 5 to 6. You can pray 15 minutes. You can pray 10 minutes. You can pray half hour. Doesn't matter. Just join in. That's our hour of prayer. Now, now I did mention this to Brother Scarlett as we were talking. We felt like there were some of you that probably couldn't do the morning and maybe feel like you want to do nighttime prayer. Is there anybody that like nighttime prayer? All right, so maybe we'll still leave it like that. We're, 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 so this is what we're doing. From 9 p.m. to 10 p.m., the line will be open then too if you want to pray. Okay? So we have the six, the 5 a.m. to 6 a.m., and then we're going to have 9 p.m. through 10. On Thursdays, you can join a little later because, you know, you're probably traveling home from Bible study or whatever the case may be, but we're giving you those two prayer slots. 5 a.m. to 6, 9 p.m. to 10. And that way, if you miss the morning, you can get you that night. Obviously, you know, we want to make it as convenient for you. But Thursday is our fasting day, so you can fast all day Thursday, and once the day is over, you can eat. Or you can take it into Friday morning and eat. Whatever you want to do. It's up to you. But we're going to be praying, seeking the Lord for what he wants to do in us obtaining this property and doing his will and reaching the lost throughout our communities. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so very much for allowing us to be a part of what you're doing. I pray that you'll bind us together in unity of your spirit, 
And that, oh God, you will begin to work in the lives of each and every one of us, that we will take our rightful place in your plan. You have a plan, Lord God, and you have us positioned in the plan. Help us to know where we stand in the plan and what we're supposed to be doing. And, oh God, as we begin to pray for this but for the month of October, seeking you for what we should commit financially to this plan. I pray that you'll begin to speak figures into the heart and mind of the people of God, that when we come together, Lord God, for our Commitment Sunday, we will come in faith and we will give the numbers, the figures, by faith and not according to our will, Lord God. I pray the strength of God to be upon each and every one of us, the power of God to move us, and that, oh God, we will communicate this vision wherever we go. Give us the courage and the boldness to communicate this vision that, Lord, whoever you have out there to support this work, that they will support this work. Move on their heart and tenderize it, Lord, that they will fulfill what you have for them to fulfill. Lord, bless this food that we're about to eat and bless the preparers of this food. I thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Eat, drink, and be merry. Get your gift bag. Get something to eat. God bless you. They say these chains will never break. But they don't know you like we do. There is power in your We've heard that there is no way through. We've heard the tide will never change. They haven't seen what you can do. There is power in your name. So much power. Hey, they're supposed to be passed. They're supposed to be passing around some hors d'oeuvres. Let me go find them. Okay. Who the immovable, break the unbreakable. God, we believe. God, we believe from the impossible. We'll see a miracle. God, we believe. God, we believe. They should have some orders passing around. So look up at the orders, people. Look we know up. that hope is never lost. Oh, 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 o